That's Questionable, a podcast exploring religion, asking difficult questions, and encouraging honesty. You can join the conversation at thatsquestionable.com, That's Questionable podcast on Instagram, or at thatsquestion01 on Twitter. Welcome to episode two of That's Questionable, the podcast. Uh, this is Jim here. I'm here with my friends once again, Nathan and David, and we're here to uh, ask some questions. How's everybody doing? Doing well. Man, I'm doing good. Good? Yeah. I'm doing good. You know, good normal day. Almost Excellent. Made it, almost made it to Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. almost there. True. You guys will probably be hearing this sometime in January, uh, but uh, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know if you guys noticed uh, that I stink. I do? Tonight? Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't did notice not. that you didn't at notice? all. Really? I, I did not. Not at all. No. Yeah. Last night, uh, the neighbor dogs woke us up barking outside our window at 1.30. They had a skunk trapped under our HVAC unit. So as soon as it kicked on, oh, are you kidding the me? The entire house. It went all it in the house. Is skunk. I walked into the office this morning. I could smell it on my shirt. I, I had somebody smell it. I was at the back of the offices and had somebody smell my shirt and they said, oh, yeah, I get a faint smell uh, of it. And then, like two seconds later, somebody walked in the front door. 300 feet away and walked right in the door and says, Hey, what's that smell? Oh, what's the skunk yeah, smell? And you're right. like, oh, dang that's, it. That's me. <laughs> so your whole, your whole house, whole house, whole wow. house. How's it doing now? I mean, now it's been, we're running, you know, lemon flavored essential oils and you washing the whole inside of your house down with tomato juice. Uh, yes. You're painting. Okay. painting okay. Yeah. I hadn't heard that one. But is yeah. that supposed to work? Tomato juice. I mean, that's yeah. what you're supposed to bathe in if you get sprayed by a skunk. That's okay. the legend. Or, or at least you wash your animals in it. Yeah. yeah. So good to know. You guys will all get to experience it this weekend. So. Oh, okay. All right. Good. Why? Yeah. Why? Because you're coming over. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I thought you meant the washing and tomato <laughs> juice. No, 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 no. What are you going to do out, this time weekend? Time out. I did not sign on for that. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Yeah, so it's a good relaxing week. You know, it's always kind of cool when you when you realize you've got a short week, a short work week, and then you got a long weekend. So, you know, it's kind of cool. We've got one more day of work, then we got Thanksgiving time off. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. So, Jim, you had a question. I do have a question. Um, let me think how to word this question best. Do you think Christians are honest with themselves? Is that a good way to ask that question? Do you know what I'm saying when I say that? Yes. I, I do. My brain goes right to the point of, of well, it, it depends on, I guess it depends on where you're at and I guess what you believe. Um, um, do you, are you the type of Christian that believes that uh, um, God is very interactive in every aspect of every person's life, 24 hours a day, every second of the day, and cares about everything that you do and guides and directs everything that's going on. 
And so therefore you'd attribute everything that's going on to either God did something or God didn't do something. Um, or you that, or you on the other end of the spectrum that believes, Hey, that God exists, that God, you know, and God is part of creation. Um, he's in, you know, more of that end of the spectrum. You know, I think the, the honesty or dishonesty with ourselves could, I guess, vary within that. So I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Yeah, that's, that's a, a good point there. Um, and every, and everything in between those two things. Everything. So, I mean, yes. lay out. So if God is the ultimate hands-on, um, you would contend that there's, that there's, there, you have to probably be avoiding some honesty. Absolutely. I think you absolutely do. Uh, you know, I heard, I can't even remember where I heard this story. So if it's anybody I know, I apologize. But, you know, it's like somebody, somebody's car broke down and they, uh, were sitting on the side of the road and their first reaction was, um, Hey, they stopped and they prayed to God that they would speed up the tow truck, that they would get there quicker than normal. I would tend to believe that at this point in time, um, I would tend to believe at this point in time that that is, you're just being dishonest with yourself. Now I realize we need to unpack all of that and talk about what all that is. But I feel like at that point in time, you're just in a world all by yourself thinking whatever the heck you want to think. And you're just kind of, you're just kind of flowing back and forth of these ideas that God can literally just do anything at the whims of anything you ask him to do. And if you're good enough and are obedient enough, God will grant your wish. But is that, a, is that dishonesty, though? Well, I think it's dishonesty within in the reality of the human existence. So that might be a detachment from reality, but not really. I mean, I mean, the experiences I've had is most Christians really believe we can we can put aside the fact that 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 is an issue that God is going to change all the street lights or whatever <laughs> needs right. to happen for, I for that for to happen. all green lights. Yeah. Uh, but is that really a dishonesty? Well, and, and you know, maybe we need to get, uh, maybe we need to get the psychologist downstairs up here in the conversation. But, but the, the, you know, I would say if you're clinically um, diagnosed as disconnected from reality, whatever that's called, then sure. But, but I think there's a level of dishonesty that whoever was praying that, I think deep down inside, they know God's not going to change all the lights green so the tow truck can get there quicker. I just think that they decided to live within that. And they've decided to, they've decided that, oh, this is just something that we need. I mean, how many, how many uh, preachers or pastors from pulpits have just said, you know why things don't happen in your life? Because you just don't have enough faith. And I think that that, in essence, starts to breed dishonesty. So uh, it sounds like there's the possibility for two dishonesties here, and maybe they both apply in this example. Um, are you being dishonest with yourself? And are you being dishonest with others? Um, yeah. I've, I would think that there's a lot 
a lot of times when, when maybe you're making claims to others and being dishonest to others uh, because it bolsters your image in their eyes. You know, it makes you God's favorite. It makes you look like uh, someone special, someone mm-hmm. better yeah. than others because of this favor that you're receiving. So when Jim asked the question, my immediate thought was, the first thing that hit my mind was dishonesty as far as prayer. So whenever um, you, you, you express or like say I would meet with, with somebody and they would they would give me a concern regarding, hey, this or, or that. Maybe they're having problems in their marriage or maybe they're having problems with their brother at work. And my response was, well, you know, I'll pray for you about that. <laughs> I was being dishonest yeah. because, you know, I might do some, you know, prayer on the spot, but was I going to remember that later and really pray for them on a consistent basis? No. I think most time that's a societal statement to say, yeah. well, I'll pray for you. That's not an honest statement because most people are not. Yeah. Are there some that will? Well, sure. But most are just not going to do that. So that's where, I, that's where my mind went initially is, is that I think a lot of times, and, and I want to preface this by saying, but I'm not talking about all Christians. I'm just saying in my experience a large percentage of Christians will say things like that and not actually mean them. It's almost more of a cultural statement to kind of get past that moment. Yeah. But in reality, they're really not going to do what they say they're going to do. Are they going to do that in church when you come forward at a prayer time? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But as far as, hey, I'll remember you in my prayers or I'll, 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 I'll pray about this and, no, I, I don't think most Christians do that. Because I don't think most Christians really, you know, have that uh, intentional of a prayer life. I don't think they really do. I think we like to say that we do and think that we do, but I don't think m- m- many Christians know how to pray. How are we supposed to pray? Um, In, in my mind, what we're supposed to do is to put everything, um, what a Christian is supposed to do is put everything for the Lord and sincerely ask His will. And as I have kind of, you know, evolved in, in my faith, um, I've, really, I've really kind of changed what I think that really means. I think... As I moved farther down the road, I was like, you know what? Do I really did I really need to pray about this? Because God would know what He should do anyway. Mm-hmm. God, God would know that. Yeah. And so the farther away that that I've kind of moved from more of evangelicalism, I just I, I think it's kind of changed really what prayer actually is. Absolutely, and I think that's a that's actually an episode within itself. We could sit there and talk about that. That's stuff that actually when I sit at home. Hannah and I, we talk about the concepts of that, the ideas of that. What were we told? What's the reality? What's the, 
<clears throat> not only the reality, but what's the outcome of the things that we do that all pertain to prayer. Uh, but Jim, you look like you were going to say something. Well, yeah. So maybe prayer isn't, I'm, um, I'm going to go into my closet, uh, in the dark and get on my knees and, um, proclaim your need to God. Maybe it's not that. Um, but it really, maybe prayer is, is a word we use, uh, because of the religious system that we're involved in. Yeah. And so is it possible, here's another question, is it possible that, that uh, when I say, when you tell me that, that you got something going on, you know, maybe your house really stinks or, or something, um, you know, I'm going to pray for that skunk. Yeah, I'm going I'm to be, or even just, man, that, that concerns me. Yeah. Is there anything I can do? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be thinking about, uh, about that. Yeah. You know, uh, I, that will cross my mind, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm not, I'm not, this is not a suggestion, but gosh, maybe all your clothes need to be washed and Hey, uh, Can we come get them. Uh, we come get them and everybody take, takes some yeah. and we go wash clothes and, uh, yeah, who knows? Yeah. And I realize we're jumping into the idea of prayer. So maybe we, maybe we don't, but it's like, uh, I don't know. I've come to think that the idea of prayer is just kind of aligning yourself yourself with the idea of loving your neighbor and you know and how do you how do you get to that point and um i think there's great evidence that within the bible that those were times where people had to align themselves because they didn't want to do what they wanted didn't want to do uh but that's a simplistic form i know we we could talk we could we could go down a whole rabbit hole but we're talking about uh honesty uh, on this, but, um, I, I, you know, and David, I think that your point on, on, on that does, does the Christian life, uh, or do we support the idea that we can walk around and just be dishonest in the name of Jesus? You know, Hey, I'm having a hard time. You know what, brother, I'm going to pray about that. When in reality you have no clue, or maybe the dishonesty is the idea that if I, Hey, if I pray about it, say, I'm going to pray about it. Then that means I just don't actually have to go do anything to help that person. I can say that's what I did. Um, so I think that's a great point. Yeah. We see that in society a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, thoughts and prayers. Yeah. Yeah. So, So I, I, I really, I mean, I don't want to be dishonest about my answer. Uh, you know, so I don't want it to sound like that. I, that, that I believe that, that prayer, um, is the answer to those things. I I don't, I don't, um, that's something I've struggled with because as I've really evolved in my faith, um, I don't, I don't look at it as a faith anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. I look at it as an action. Yeah. And so when you say it's really to love others, I think that can be done uh, in really that that thought of, hey, um, you know, whatever my belief in God or who God is or who God isn't, surely that God would want me to love other people and yeah. would want me to serve other people. And to just do some kind of throwaway line and say, 
hey, I'm going to pray, uh, I, I think an honest reflection of whoever or whatever God is is more an active, well, it's more of an action than it is a thought or a a word. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, words come really easy. You know, we, we can say a lot of things and we can... We can, you know, say we're going to do this, say we're going to do that. But the action of actually helping somebody, you know, it, it's if somebody has a problem with their car, uh, so they have a flat tire, use your example. Somebody has car trouble and they call a tow truck. Well, what if it's just a flat tire? Well, the action would be for somebody to pull over the side of the road and help them change their tire. You know, that that would be the truest expression of loving you know, other people would be to actually serve them and help them through that time. Mm-hmm. You know, if I stop and I pull over and I go, okay, I'm going to lay hands on your tire <laughs> and I'm going to pray for it. <laughs> I'm not sure what that really does yeah. other than, you know, give some comic relief. I mean, the action is really what I think matters. Yeah. And I think that's getting back to the question. I think that's the honesty. I think if we're really honest about with ourselves, we should be honest to say it's the action that really is what really impacts people and makes people other people's lives better. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily what you say or say you're going to do. It's what you actually do. Okay. That makes sense. That determines whether you're honest. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's great. I uh, another another example I heard years and years ago. Two people were in a car driving down the road. They saw a really serious accident, and they looked over. They they said, "Hey, let's pray for those people as they were driving by." And um, I have to admit, that's a totally self serving thing. Uh, for myself, like, uh, I don't know how many times, you know, it was, it was the idea because do we, do we think that if we prayed for that person or if we prayed for somebody, um, that we've never met, we don't even know who they are. We don't even know what's going on. We don't even know the situation. Do we think that because we actually prayed for that, that now all of a sudden God is going to be able to do something because that we did that. And I think that that's where we get into the people who teach that. I think there's a level of dishonesty that they are teaching that something happens yeah. when it doesn't. And Lewis has joined us. <laughs> so my dog, we, we, we are recording this in my house. And uh, my dog, Lewis, who is a very um, active um, yeah. Boston Terrier Boston terrorist is uh, is now entered the building. So yeah. Uh, oh my! <laughs> I think he's going to eat me. Yeah. So I'm going to get him put up real quick. Okay. So hold on just That's a fine. But yeah. I, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. Well. You know, do you, does the does the family that's driving by and the parents say, uh, "Hey, we're going to pray for that, that couple now"? Um, 
they may truly believe that the that that prayer is going to have power behind it and is going to do something um they may be uh trying to you know they may be doing that for their kids who are in the back seat to say hey look we're caring wonderful people mm-hmm. and we're uh so we're going to say a prayer for whatever may have happened back there um you know, you just never know what, what's going on in people's minds. Yeah. So maybe the, maybe here's a better question, uh, which we can probably speak to with more authority. How looking back, how honest were you with yourself throughout your Christian life? Oh, I was completely dishonest with myself for a long time. So for me, um, that, that's one of the struggles that I have now is, um, the honesty or dishonesty, really the dishonesty I had with myself, because when I had questions, I would do what I felt like I should do. And I would ask them to myself or sometimes to other people, but it would always come back to, the Christian paradigm. It would always come back to this has to be true because this is what I believe the Bible said. And so I think as I've investigated and asked more questions and studied more and, and all that, uh, I just, I I don't think that I really honestly, um, investigated my faith. And I'll give an example. So, um, and, in the last episode, I talked about how I taught apologetics and, and I don't want to sound like I was some great apologist, but I did, um, I did teach apologetic classes to help people defend their, their faith. And whenever it would come to biblical, uh, inerrancy, I, I wouldn't read Bart Ehrman, uh, you know, who is the foremost, you know, scholar, I would say probably agnostic scholar, um, that questions the inerrancy of the Bible. Um, I would read people's commentary, Christian apologist commentary on Barterman. And that's a distorted view because they would always kind of spin things in a way that would, uh, that would be, um, more honest towards a, the Christian, or, well, more to my mind, more almost dishonest to the Christian faith and to say, well, this is true or that is true and not actually deal with the fact of what Bart Ehrman was saying. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cherry pick. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I was, comp- you know, <laughs> yes, this is shit, man. How long is this episode going to be? Uh, but, uh, I don't know. You know, it's kind of dishonest. It's funny that when Hannah and I talk about these things now, a lot of times Hannah will say, you, you never really had the faith that you thought you had even years ago. And I'm always like, you know what? When I sit there and I'm honest with myself, I go, you know what? I don't really think I did. I didn't have the faith that a lot of people around me had, or at least I thought I had to be Fair, or you thought they had. They thought they, I'm sorry, that, that thought you they thought had. they had, yeah. And, and they might be sitting there going, man, I'm in the same boat he is. Uh, but um, 
you know, it was, but it, it was, like I said before, I said, in the, I said in the, the other episode that we did that there, I've, I've never, I've never seen a, a miracle actually happen. I've never seen one that would be divinely inspired by God to have happened that you can scientifically, clinically, or even just in reality, sit there and see that happen. Now that's just me. I'm not making any statement for anybody else, but if I, but I constantly walked around and acted like I did. Like I would believe, like if somebody said, hey, do you think God can raise people from the dead? Absolutely. But I had no, there's nothing in me that would ever have seen or have witnessed or experienced anything that would make that true for me, for me to be completely honest. Have you ever seen, uh, have you ever seen um, anybody, have you ever seen a demon cast out of anybody? Nope, sure haven't. You know what? When you go around and you ask people, hey, have you ever seen a demon cast? I actually went around asking people, have you ever seen a demon cast out of anybody? And everybody was like, no, but I know somebody who has. Everybody's always known somebody else who has, but nobody else has. And then, and then, so then you go, well, it doesn't happen here in the United States a lot. It happens in third world countries. And I'm like, well, why do you think it happens in third world countries a lot? Because that's where stories come from a lot of times. And, you know, um, or, or I think that, you know, people in certain societal situations tend to want to believe things if they're in pain and anguish. Um, you know, if you're in an African community that you are completely over under oppression and you believe some spiritual force could come in and do something and save you and destroy your enemy, you know, of course you want to hold on to that bit of hope that would allow you to want to believe and carry forward. Man, I get that. I understand why people do that. But you know what? <laughs> in our first world problems here in the United States, you just don't see too many demons being cast out. But you do see people going to Alcoholics Anonymous. You do see people going to counseling you know, because they have, uh, because they're abusive and they recognize those situations. You have people who are trying to fight actual addictions in their life and recognizing that. But, but the honesty for me was, is for years is, is I walked around acting like I believed that this entire world was just running on divine miracles that God was doing everywhere. But yet I never saw one single one out of every church I went to and out of all of these diehard fundamentalist Christians, I just, I never saw one. So I would have said that until this past weekend. So at the time did the, of this did recording... Did the volunteers win? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, at the time of this recording, last Sunday... That's a good one. That was a good so one. So this is November the 25th. Yeah. Sixth. Sixth. Wow. Okay. Uh, so this is November the 26th, this past Sunday. Yeah. Kanye was at Lakewood Church. Well. So if there is a miracle in this world. Well, the miracle is all Kanye, the tickets sold out. Kanye and Joel Osteen on the, on the same stage is like a solar and lunar eclipse happening at the same time, which is impossible. I mean, that, that's just like a miracle. On stage, mm -hmm. Kanye. Yeah, 
at Lakewood with Joel Osteen. Did you watch it? No, I don't care. <laughs> I could be wrong, but somebody was at work was telling me that you could buy online tickets, like you could pay to watch it online. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not, but if is is that if that is true, um, um, that's all I'm saying. Well, that's my feeble attempt at attempt at humor, but mm-hmm. Jim, I'm sorry. I think I you're going to say something and and uh, honesty, yeah. Well, yeah. you have to you have to talk about. Were you honest with yourself? Um, you know, I, 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 man, I've been just thinking about that for years. I truly believe that I was sincere. Yes, that's a different word. Yeah, I I, I believe I was sincere. I think that was part of my my problem was, uh, it, uh, or maybe even not problem, but but I, I think insincerity is part of of what led me to where I am now. Not my own insincerity, others' insincerity. And, uh, but I, I, I really felt like, uh, and even looking back and, and I searched my heart, I was sincere. Now, was I dishonest with myself? Probably, probably to some degree. Like you tried to convince yourself? <clears throat> yeah. I think I went along with things that, uh, that I wasn't, uh, sure about Yeah, things the I went along with things that I disagreed about. Yeah. Uh, I got in with the, the role of, of what was happening into the whole system. Yeah. And, um, uh, if I have, if I have one shame or thousands of shames, uh, it's, it's the, all the times that I didn't stand up when I knew there was dishonesty involved, when I knew things were taking place that were not right. Uh, I've had the opportunity over the last bunch of years to uh, run into people that I owed massive apology to and have, uh, you know, I enjoy that. That's something, you know, I see somebody that, that I, I was part of wronging or even, uh, even if I wasn't part of it, I didn't stand up for them when mm-hmm. I should have. Yeah. And uh, it's been a truly wonderful thing over the years to, to get to talk with those people and, and just, apologize. Were those well received? Every time, every single time it's, it's been, uh, very well received and very appreciated. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what, and that's the same thing. There were so many times in churches in church, just, I guess I can say that where, you know, you just saw people got run over. You saw people's feelings get hurt. And, um, um, and it was, it, it, it was very clear that the well-being of the church came way before way before the actual individual person would ever their feelings would ever account for anything and um you know the attitudes were a lot of times were very much um well hey we have a single purpose here this church is the purpose what we're doing is the purpose and um you know if if somebody can't align their thinking or their feelings with what's going on, then maybe it's just best that they just move on and go somewhere else. You know, on the surface, you know, I get that. You know what? If you're in a, if you're in a flag football league and you want to have play by different rules and change the rules, 
then maybe that league is not for you and you need to move on. But when you're in the name of Christ that who is uh, that one of your statements of faith is, is, is that somebody laid down their life to pay for the sins of another person, but yet you want other people to align themselves to you, it becomes hypocritical. It's hypocritical in my opinion. And it becomes more about we're building this structure in this, this system um, and we need people to come along and support that system. That's the main goal. If we can bring in the money and we can do the programs and we can do the things and we can look popular, then we're obviously doing something right. If people get ran over or if people get damaged and hurt along the way, it's probably just the cost of doing business. That's some of the dishonesty that I feel that I comes rushing back to me when I just heard you talking. Yeah, that's, there's dishonesty there for sure. Um, uh, truth be told, it was always presented as what was best for the church or what was best for the system, but that was never the case. That was never the truth. It was always what was best for the individual. The one person. Yes, the authority. Yeah. And that's kind of what I mean too when you're talking about the system. Systems are only built in these situations to benefit very few people. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So, so that's the thing that, that if, if there's, and there's going to be a lot of things in this podcast that I think we need to really stress that, that there's a lot of things that this podcast is for, but one of the things that is the biggest thing for me is, uh, can we question the leadership of the church? Is, is that something it's so for me um, and again to be honest I'm not I'm not in the church anymore uh, and, and one of the one of several reasons why I'm not is because of the way the leadership of the church or the quote-unquote anointed leader of the church the way they treat people and so when I think about about the name of this podcast, that's questionable. Is it okay to question the anointed? Is it okay? Well, like what what you said, Jim, about you know apologizing to people. Um, I've had to apologize to you about that very issue, and so uh, not had to. I want. Well, I did have to, but I wanted to. Because I love you. I mean, you're you're my brother, and uh, and so when when I look at that, I think there is something about the organization, the way the church is organized, and the way the church is led, that we are not supposed to question the leadership of the church. That's the way it's set up, and uh, and and that was one of the main issues. I had uh, with even attending a church was the way the leadership behaved. And uh, there just seems to be, when you start talking about the fruit of the Spirit and the way that people are, are supposed to treat other people within the body, it never seemed like that applied to the leadership, how they treated 
the church body, the lay members of the church. It never applied. Yeah. Religion in its purest form is a system designed to control God. Religion in any other form is a system designed for some to control others. Um, which might be a good point for us to, to ask the next question. So to, to sum that up, it just sounded like you said religion is, is not honest, is dishonesty. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, I, I, believe, I believe religion is dishonesty. Now, that's not to say I'm not dissing spirituality. I'm not dissing, yeah. uh, you know, mm-hmm. other people's concept of, of their spiritual interaction or any of that. I'm just saying religion itself yeah. is a system that uh, in its purest form is designed to control God. Meaning here's a system of things that I do that make God do things for me. But more often what we see is system in an impure form, which is just a system designed for uh, me to be able to control others. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great, that man, that was great. So I feel like I need to save this question for another episode, another podcast. And the reason why is I'm going to ask a different one. I'm calling an audible. Oh, man, as Peyton Manning, audibles. As Peyton Manning would say, Omaha, Omaha. Um, can we cut that? <laughs> <laughs> we better. Can we cut the part? Nobody will understand that reference. Uh, this is, uh, the new here's, title. Here's is me not asking the question. <laughs> that's right. Uh, this, this podcast is called Dad Jokes. That's yeah. questionable. Yeah. No. yeah, that's questionable. That's not questionable. Actually, it's very well known that those suck. Uh, uh, so. Um, my question is, why do members of the church feel like they can't question the leadership? I, I mean, I think that the main, the main thing is, is if you want to fit in, man, you go with the flow. You know, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to be on the worship team, you got to say you believe everything that they believe. If you if you want to teach there, you got to say you agree with everything that the pastor says. I I mean, I that's what I would think. That when I when I was being dishonest with myself through a lot of that, you know, you know. And well, the other thing too is is it's amazing how many people are in churches don't agree with the church that they're going to. They just go because either their spouse loves to go or their kids are having a fun time in, in the youth program. Uh, but they're struggling with what's actually being taught. Um, you know, a lot of the situations that I saw, they, they were having some major issues, what was coming out of the pulpit, but, but yet they, they still show up. They don't question or confront or anything like that. So my guess is, is people just, people, on the surface, I think just want to fit in and go with the flow and be a part of groups. And, um, uh, that's my, that's my first answer. Yeah. The answer, uh, to your question, David is fear. 
and and so then the follow-up question is fear of what which which nathan just talked about one fear of not fitting in not belonging what are the fears i mean there's there's more than one i mean whenever you're dealing uh you know, in some ways, I can understand it in a in a Catholic structure of a church, where you where you have a priest in a position of, you know, where he can give you absolution for your, you know, he, he's the authority; he can forgive you for your sins. But in a Protestant evangelical church, why do people fear the leader? Man, they still sit there and scream from the pulpit that they're the mouthpiece of God, saying that God is using them. I mean, how do they come to the the conclusion to don't question the authority? But it's, see, I, I don't think they say it that way, though. I think that's the thing. Is I think that that I don't I don't think most uh, pastors uh, that are in the pulpit. And I'm 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 speaking. I mean, there are a lot of very kind, gentle servant pastors that are in pulpits. That uh, if they were for, there for the money, they wouldn't be at that church. Yeah, kind, sweet souls. Uh, but when you come to this, you know, hyper evangelical, and I, I'm just. It, this exists outside the megachurch, but I'm I'm thinking more about the megachurch. When you start thinking in terms of that pastor, are they actually up there saying that they are the mouthpiece of God? They're not using those exact words, but they still are manipulating the conversation to make you think that they are. Mm-hmm. So, and 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 in my mind, how they do that is they. They, if you are, if you are uh, aligned with them and you're following them and you're coming willingly coming under their authority, then they are leading in a way that they will. One of the one of the things they do is give an example of how they treat people that don't do that. So if somebody strays, then they're going to point at that person. And say, that's what happened when you don't follow the anointed. Oh yeah. yeah, that's what that's what happens to you. And and they they even though they don't say it, they give the impression that they are the ones that they can cast you out of that church, and you are. Uh, it's almost like you're a reprobate individual that has, you know, no relationship with God just because you disagree with something they say from the pulpit yeah oh yeah and uh, you, you know people love to people love to throw around the Matthew 8 18 stuff like it's actually some kind of legal system that you know you know oh basically I think Matthew 18 was purely put there to go hey do you love the person next to you then go treat them with respect and and love on them and and, and deal with them in a and be, become right with them in a loving way you know, but yet we use this as some kind of legal system within a church to like have a judge and jury 
to, so that we can build a case against somebody else so that, that we can cast him out. And I'm only saying that from experience because I saw it happen. I've literally seen people removed from churches because they didn't resp- respond correctly. But, but um, and I do think you're right that people, but, you know, hey, we'll take this, this NAR movement where, you know, they talk about being apostles and apostles are, that's who God speaks through. Man, that is, in my opinion, they're directly saying God only speaks through us. So you need to listen to us because we are equivalent to what God is saying. So what you're referring it's to. dangerous. Yeah. So you, what you're referring to is the new apostolic mm-hmm. reformation to define it. Yeah. Which most people that are part of that movement deny it even exists. But it is a highly authoritative leadership structure where uh, they literally pray against what, like, so if you if you come against them, they will they will pray against you. Yeah. So literally, things happen to you, or they pray that things will happen to you because you are outside of not God's will, but you're outside of their will. Yeah. It's because good. they're an apostle and it's they have good. a special connection with. God. That's right. And that's, that's, and that's, it's, it's total dishonesty in my opinion. So, I mean, but that's, that's kind of what I mean that when people that pulpits and not, you're right. There are some people that, 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 um, you know, are kind and that are gentle and say things. And I think there's a level of dishonesty that even they need to deal with. But, but those people, the people that claim that they somehow have a level of above everybody else because they're a pastor of a church is the epitome of dishonesty. But that lead, I, I th- the question was, what is that fear? And that fear is the fact that I think somehow we have in our mind that they have the ability to eternally damn us in yeah. some way, shape, or form. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you don't... Uh, if you don't fall in line, are you going to die and go to hell? Were you ever saved in the first place? Nope. No, it's no big deal at all. Oh, we can edit this out. <laughs> bum, Jim, bum, what do you think? Bum. About the fear? Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's... Uh... <laughs> It's definitely solicited, um, and then it's it's delivered. <laughs> I guess, so to so to speak, uh, the authority solicits that admiration, mm-hmm. um, and then begs for it begs for <laughs> then and then. Uh, and and then it, it's freely given, you know. That, so uh, my my four point sermon of a words uh, would be uh, authority, apostle, accountability, and anointed. Um, those are yeah. all some really churchy words. They there. are. If you hear those words, run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have, I have a I have a fifth word, but I'm not going to say it. Probably. <laughs> That's right. It probably would not. We don't want an that. e next to this. <laughs> yeah, 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 I don't want it in the yeah. sermon notes. 
<laughs> he probably would not belong in the sermon notes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, you know, when you're, you are, uh, and I have heard many, uh, Many people say that that you can get other people, uh, you can manipulate other people into claiming for you that you're anointed. Uh, you can get uh, other people yeah. claiming for you that you're an apostle and that you have the authority. And you know, ultimately, um, it, it's a it's a, a, a technique, uh, for lack of a better word in getting folks to give you the authority. I mean, you only have it because they've given it to That's you. That's right. Uh, but they've given it to you out of fear. You've, you have convinced people in many time, uh, times that, uh, that you do have a, a clearer and closer line to God. Yeah. And that your prayers, uh, going back a little bit in our conversation, have more power. Uh, you know, I, I may be begging God to do this, but if you beg God to do this then he'll really jump in. Um, That's right. Thinking that somehow their, their voices has more purpose. Yeah. More weight, more purpose, more authority. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's, it's a, it's a common thing. I'm uh, there. The fears are, uh, you know, are valid. I think, you know, I've, I've seen violence. I've seen, um, I've, I've had hatred, hatred, violence come against people, you know, words, there's those words that, you know, not, not unlike the, uh, or, or not unlike the a words that we we've talked about, but there's this, there's a whole language about all of it. I mean, heaven forbid somebody should call me a heretic. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that would end it all for me. Do you think oh, that, wait, do you think that we were disowned? <laughs> oh wait, oh, no, wait. actually it would. Yeah, yeah, no, no, wait, no. But do you think it? Do you think that? Do you think we were dishonest with ourselves because because of of fear? Is that it? Do you think I, that's I the was, bottom line? I, I can tell you, I was, I, I was, I was fearful because my wife served on a staff, and I was afraid she'd lose her job. I was fearful because um, I was, you know serving in the church as an elder and, you know, I'd lose my position. Uh, but there, there's a point at which, um, you know, hopefully we can all become honest because, it, you know, it's pretty simple. If somebody claims to be a Christian, they should live a life that reflects what a Christian life should be. And it's, you know, it's set forth in the in the fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, and I think those those actions and are those not actions, but those traits in the fruit of the spirit, I think transcend Christianity. I think that's humanity. I think that's the way we should act towards other people. We should be loving. We should be mm-hmm. peaceful. We should be kind. We should be gentle. We should be patient. These are things that are not just within Christianity. They yeah, yeah. I, I think that's something the human that... Condition. I, and, and And what I see is many times lay members exhibiting those a lot more than leadership does. And in many respects, people outside the church exhibiting those more than the lay members do. And so the lay members are sitting there and they're following people or 
submitting to people that don't resemble that at all. Now, from the pulpit, do they resemble that? Well, maybe. But they don't really know those people because they live, a lot of them live isolated lives. They don't know what those senior pastors, what they really are or how they really treat people. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, you know, I've had a personal experiences that getting up close is uh, a pretty tough thing to see what those people are really like. And, yeah. and that's not the way it is with every church. And I do not mean to sound like I am painting every senior pastor that way, but certainly, um, like in my instance, and I can only speak to myself, I overlooked those things. I saw those things in the leadership and I overlooked them because I thought there was a problem with me as opposed to a problem with them. Yeah. And I think that is some form, I, th- I just think that is a, you know, as I said in the first podcast, mm-hmm. I, I first went to church when I was two weeks old. I think that's a a learned thing that when you have been just indoctrinated into that that environment for as long as I was for 50 years, yeah, that's your first impulse is, is that the leadership can't be that way. But many times they are that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I will say this, I think this is, and this might resonate with all of this, but um, I thought I was being completely dishonest with myself till I got to the point where I just said, I don't know. And I felt like it, that was the first point in, in my life that I ever be, was actually honest with myself because, um, you know, I, man, I just remember years early in life, you know, telling people that, you know, you know, I, I'd witness to them tell them that they needed to believe in Jesus and be saved. But then at the same breath, if they push back, I'd be like, well, if God didn't choose you in the first place, then you will, you can't even choose to be saved because I was such a Calvinist, you know, and it was just kind of like, it was just stupidness, you know, but, but I, you know, and, and that's the question is, is it's, was I being dishonest? No, I don't think I was being dishonest. I think the system was being dishonest to me because somehow I was in a I was in a place that I was around people older than me and that were influential that were telling me these things and I just believed them and I just took them in and so that goes on and then but the the the, the honesty for me came when I looked at everything I weighed it all out I read what the Bible said and I looked at what was really going on on the earth in what from my own mind and perspective and what my eyes can see, I had to go, you know what? I actually don't know. I don't know. There's never been a more honest place to be. And it was the most, it, to be honest with you, it was, it was probably one of the more freeing times in my life because with the pronouncement of that I don't know, I could finally, for the first time, let go of grief and anxiety. And I didn't have a whole lot of anxiety. I'm just not an anxious person, but some people could be. But, um, but it was all of this stuff that weighed on me for years of my life just went, whoosh, it just, it kind of went away because it was only being held within my within my mind by the fact that people had told me that I had to believe things or I had to do things or I had to do this 
or, you know, or the perception that God was telling me I had to do these things. But then when I found out that that stuff, who knows if any of that's true or not, then it just, it just became, life became so much easier and free and honest freedom and honesty. Yeah. So what, what I would absolutely, what you just said is what, where I felt freedom, but I, I think it's when I added the next step to was that not only do I not know, but neither do they. Neither do they. Mm-mm. And there's another motive behind all that, and it's the big business of evangelical. The business. I mean, it's like Dis- it's like the Disney Corporation, mm-hmm. and it's just like it's 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 uh, the 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 goal is not what people think it is. You got that new app, Church Plus? No, I was joking. Disney, Disney Plus, <laughs> Church Disney Plus. Plus. Hey, Church can Plus. we edit that out? Yeah, we, we can. <laughs> we can. I, I just, I, what I'm excited about is when you get to that point and you say you don't know, that's when your questions actually mean something. Yeah. Because when you, when you, don't, when you realize you don't know when you're asking questions, you're not really seeking honest answers. But when you really say, I don't know, that's when you really seek honest questions. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, I, I can ask this question from a, from a point of, or from a place that I really know I don't know the answer. Yeah. How do I seek out? How, what sources can I go to, to to get an answer to this, this, or this? And, and the thing is, is that some of those things is there's no way for us to know an answer to. And the real freedom comes to knowing that we will never know. And that in itself becomes an answer mm-hmm. to the question. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it opens your heart to compassion for others. Yeah. Understanding yeah. That, that everybody's in this boat together. Yeah. You're not better. You don't have some insight that, that others don't have. You're, for you're some seeking reason, that with sincerity. And for some reason, we think like we need to know. Well, we're told we need to know, or else you're going to die and go to hell. I mean, what is that? Where we we think we have a need to know, or we have the right to know. I, I don't know. The, 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 the dishonesty in it, too, is the argument back that, well, if, if, if none of this is true, then there is no meaning or purpose in life. And I just totally disagree with that. The people, I invite people to jump... To, to step outside of those blinders and look at it from a different perspective because let's just say, I don't know, but let's just say that there is no afterlife. Let's just, I don't know if there is, but let's just say there isn't. How much more precious and meaningful does that make now what my relationship with my wife and my three children are? Because now I have to come to the terms in my mind to realize that me loving them now means everything that I don't, I can't base my base something off of some rewards that I might go in heaven or win in heaven or some kind of stupid mansion that might be in heaven and, you know, or, you know, or some, you know, spiritual shack, you know, whatever, whatever that might be, all of that stuff that gets you to totally, 
to just totally just screws everything up. You know, when, if you just wipe all that away and go, hey, does that exist? Man, I don't know. If it does, it does. If it doesn't, it sure doesn't. But you know what I get to do is I get to go home and I get to love on my wife and my kids. And I can do that today. And if I wake up tomorrow and don't die in my sleep, then I'll try to do it tomorrow. And, and, and that should give us cause and purpose. Yeah, the pursuit of meaning, the pursuit of purpose is where the beauty lies. Yeah. It's, it's seeking that. It, uh, when you have found it and you've arrived and you've got all the answers, uh, you know, what's left? Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah and, and I think, you know, when I look at that, I think, you know, what is left is that, as I said before, I, the, those fruits of the Spirit transcend really Christianity to where what should we do? We should love our wives, love our kids, love our friends, live at peace with people, be gentle with people, be kind to people, yeah. be patient with people, live a life with some sort of self-control yeah. where, where we can be, uh, where we can be people that, that are not, you know, uh, living a life that is, outside our means or out of bounds or, or just wh whatever that means for each individual person, mm -hmm. we, we just need to treat, you know, others and to interact with others in a way that makes society better. And I think to do that because we think that that's the way we're supposed to be, if not, then we're going to be eternally damned. I think it's the wrong motive to do that. Oh, I absolutely. We, we I couldn't do agree that. with you more. We should do that because we want to be kind to people. That's exactly right. And because, and I really do believe in the golden rule that, you know, if you, if you sow kindness and gentleness and goodness mm -hmm. and things like that, I do believe it comes back to you because I think you attract people into your life that, that when you, when you treat them that way, mm -hmm. those kinds of people want to treat you that way. Yeah. And maybe that's a, a very simplistic and maybe a naive way. But I'd rather be naive with that mm -hmm. than be naive with, you know, a, a church leadership that says one thing from the pulpit and does another one in, in real life. Yeah. I so agree. if I'm going to put my trust in something, it's going to be, I'm going to put my trust in what I can control. And what I control is how I tr interact with other people every day. That was very unbiblical what you just said. What, what, what do you mean? Uh, if I'm going to put my trust in something, it's something I can control. Yeah. That was a little sarcasm there. <laughs> <laughs> that was very unbiblical. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. And, yeah. And, 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 and but, but, some, some of the dishonesty, too, is, 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 is somehow is, is that in the midst of situations where you have lost all hope, but, but yet it, you're supposed to believe in something that could potentially happen that you have no clue could even happen or mm -hmm. even exist, you know, and, and, and to be honest, it, it, I don't know the way the human mind is wired. It's almost like the human mind wants to believe, you know, now after that, I think human beings do a really good job of manipulating and controlling people to believe certain things but I do believe the human mind is wired to believe. So when, when you say the word unbiblical, um, <laughs> I know you meant that as a joke. So, but 
my mind goes to maybe a future question on this show is what really is biblical and unbiblical? Because I think that's something we can dive into and really talk about. Yeah. Uh, because, um, you know, we've dealt with the topic of honesty, um, I think, pretty honestly. Yeah. Uh, tonight. And, and I, you know, I, I just, I honestly want to just be, I want to live my life in a truth that is, that is, um, something that builds society and that's something that builds up other people and something that, that makes other people feel good about themselves as opposed to making other people say, think that they are insufficient in, in who they are, that they're not enough to be a good person. Yeah. They're not enough to make a choice to be a good person. It has to come from some kind of external force for them to be a good person and for them to treat other people well. You know, I think I think for that whole idea that that anything good you do, you know, glory goes to to somebody or something else, and everything bad that you do somehow is your fault. I, th- I think that's just something that is destructive, mm-hmm. and something as as individuals, I think we can kind of move past. Yeah. And and when we when we talk about people, you know, in our first episode, we talked about a safe landing place for people that are questioning their faith. You know, I think the place to start is, hey, let's be honest about what we want to be and what we don't want to be. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't want to be a person that that is doing, you know, things for the wrong motives. I may do the right things for the wrong motives. I want to do the right things for the right motives because right. I really want to help somebody or I really want to better somebody's life or I really want to just show somebody that somebody loves them and has compassion on them, not because I have to, because it's mandated, but because that's who I am. Yeah. Soren Kierkegaard said, uh, the matter is quite simple. The Bible is very easy to understand, but we, we Christians are a bunch of scheming swindlers who pretend not to understand so that we won't have to act it. Hmm. Boom. And, you know, we just need to bring love into the present. Are you sure that wasn't Kanye? (laughs) He may have sampled it. <laughs> no, that I, I am. I'm continually. You know, we've known each other for so long, and I'm continually amazed at the knowledge that of what you know and what you're able to recall. Because I can't remember what I had for breakfast, <laughs> and yet he can remember Kierkegaard. Yeah. Well. I mean that does sum it up. It sums up the it sums up the fear. It sums up the fact that I don't know. Actually, to be honest with you, um, this is going to actually sound sound really bad, but I I do I feel bad for people. I feel bad for people because man, you know, the Bible makes things very simple. You know, Jesus went out and told a story that you love your neighbor for yourself. So what do we do? What do the religious people go do? Well, who's your neighbor? Let's, let's, do we need to define this so we can figure out how we can control people? You know, and so Jesus comes back and goes, well, hey, you know, let me tell you a story about the good Samaritan. 
And, you know, and so um, I think that's where he tells that mm-hmm. story. Yeah. Um, but um, and then he simplifies it again. You know, you have the religious person walked by, the pastor of the church walked by. The uh, And then we'll just say the deacon of the church walked by. And then it was the person of a completely different religion that they seemed that they are taught at the church to potentially hate. Or maybe they didn't even believe in a religion. Maybe they just they just were somebody way outside of that church or that religion that stops by and takes care of that person. We all know the story. You know, so Jesus says, who's your neighbor? Well, it's it's anybody that you run into. It's anybody you're around. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what they believe. It doesn't matter what place they are in life. The Your neighbor is anybody that you have the ability to, to, to love on and, and support and be a part of. And which then should come back and go, oh, love your neighbor as yourself. I guess, okay, that seems pretty simple. But now we've just completely built all this stuff around that. And, and it's a mess. I, I get it. I get why people are upset. And I get why people get mad and angry and frustrated. And they change churches like it's their jobs. And they go around and they don't fit in here. But, you know, they're trying to find all of these things. And because we've made it that way. We've made it that way. We, we don't have a fighting chance to understand what is actually true or not true. Because no matter where you land, I'm telling you, I'm in the same position. No matter where I land, I will always have somebody tell me that I'm wrong and I'm missing the boat. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and also at the same time, I have people who go, hey, that's great where you are. So you ha- it's you're just, wrong and you're missing the boat, but yeah. it's great that you're there. Yeah. So, but um, it's so it's just it, it's uh, it, it that that thing Kierkegaard said that because he probably I don't know I'm just speculating here maybe he was he was looking across the situation and going, man, this is a mess. Uh, he absolutely was. We're missing the point. We're we're completely missing the point and. And maybe that's a, a great place for us to land with yeah. this uh, yeah. this episode. But you know, we're 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 uh, we're exploring the questions. Uh, that's questionable, and um, we've got lots more. I don't know that we answered anything, but uh, we certainly had a great discussion. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we did say we didn't know. We answered that. Oh, yes, that's the answer. <laughs> that's the answer. If the bottom line is if you yeah. if you've skipped ahead. If you're yeah. if you're listening to us at triple time, mm-hmm. uh, the answer is we don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. And and I guess the challenge is too here. I don't know if we should have a challenge, but the challenge is, is, or the statement I guess is is that it's okay not to know. That people need to understand that there is, like we said, we want this to be a safe place to to land to be able to listen and ask questions, and it's a safe place to be at the place where you say. I don't know. Yeah. It's yeah. more than okay. It's it's the place to land. I yeah. mean it it really is. The freedom is amazing. Uh the opportunity 
to, to just love the folks that you're right in front of right mm-hmm. now. You, you know, as we said earlier, right in the present, loving in the present, That's right. not putting it off until one day or under any other circumstances, the circumstances that have to be met. It's just an opportunity to love. Yeah. yeah. And that's not questionable. That is the answer. Yeah. Yeah. I do have one question. Was Kierkegaard the goalie for the Red Wings? Until he got traded to the Flyers. I think when they won the cup, yeah, he was the goalie. Uh, was that actually his name? Kierkegaard? Yeah. No, I'm full of crap. Well, I didn't know if he was the guy named Kierkegaard. That was his last name or something. Yeah, no, but I'll he bet sounds you, like a, a hockey player. I <laughs> bet you this, there is a hockey player named Soren. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a riot at, at Disney World or Disneyland named Soren. Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Disney World as well. Yes. Yeah. Epcot. Yeah. I can smell the oranges now. Yeah, that's changed. Hate to tell you. Speaking as a Disney expert. Are you going soon? No. No. That was the original Soren. Now it's a new Soren. It's Soren of the World. Is it Soren or Soren? Soren. Thanks for listening. Our greatest hope for this podcast is for you to join the conversation. You can do so at that'squestionable.com, that's questionable podcast on Instagram, or that's question a one on Twitter. views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of those casting the pod.